0: This is what happened previously on Modular.
1: Bradley and Verna commission the Dancing Delight, and her captain stands Tar to take them to the mysterious Thunder Cliffs, where they expect to face Cultus of Talos head-on. On the way there, Bradley became more than friendly with the Tabaxi captain. However, this may come to haunt him, as the crew now seems to be in the midst of a mutiny. My name is Paul Blart.
0: My name is Mole Cop.
1: <laughs> oh fuck! Oh god! Oh, Paul! Paul Blart! Mole Cop! Paul! Paul Blart! <laughs> all right, we gotta go again. I'm sorry, I fucked us. It's okay. I just started thinking that. Thinking of that shit in me. All right, all right. Hello. And welcome. My name is. Barbara Bush My name's W.
0: And this is Modular The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons
1: That's right, my second favorite son (laughs) He's the pre-written stories made by the folks who made up D&D We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you
0: And why would we do that?
1: Well, Baby Borth B- b- baby uh, baby baby boy war criminal, warlord, baby boy warlord, baby warlord. Got Maybe it in you're one DM. take. Got it in one take. Thanks, everyone. Maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you've realized that my partner here is not George W. Bush, but is in fact Thorin George. And that when Thorin George was only three years old... He actually invented the gainer, which is where you run forwards off of, say, a diving board, and then you do a backflip while you're running forwards. And it's very cool. That's why people always shout gainer like when you're at the top of a waterfall or something. Thorn invented that.
0: But you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we're running And right now, we're running Stormlord's Wrath, which you shouldn't confuse for Storm King's Thunder. I don't know why you would at this point. So if you don't want spoilers, you should leave now.
1: And you have to offer them just
0: one more warning. That is definitely right. I couldn't think of a funny name. Um, (laughs) I really tried. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language as well as adult themes like sex alcohol drug use violence and grotesque dismemberment so please be aware of these not so kid-friendly themes
1: now without further ado welcome to modular and our session 14 of storm lord's wrath oh god
0: and we have liftoff. Engaging backup thrusters now. This is totally crazy. I can't believe we're going to space. Johnny?
1: is, Is that you, Johnny? Did you... Did you... Wow. Did you put me on this this canister?
0: You put you me in this metal machine all the way from up here that the earth is flat.
1: Oh god, Johnny. [Enter the sound of a gun cocking] I don't want to do it to you, Johnny. I don't wanna, but you were never supposed to look back at the flat earth. <laughs> Coming this summer, murder (laughs) in space. (laughs) 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 The earth just flatlined. have fun don't we
0: we do
1: (laughs) let's just let's just let's just fucking do this Bradley a cold wind hits you the sails of the dancing delight kind of twist around the mast and you see Kastisha has a blade to Tar's throat all the other sailors, most of them look unarmed and kind of disinterested. Like, okay, don't, don't want to lose any more toes here. But there's a <laughs> few guys that seem like they're ready to fight you if you were to try and fight, but they obviously do not want to fight. Kostitia says calmly to you, we're just going to get a little dingy. Off the side of the ship, send our dear past captain down into it, send her safely to shore, no blood needs to be shed. Stanzantar kind of eyes you, but she doesn't say anything. And Inverna is also eyeing you because there are two crossbows pointed generally at her direction, but I know this is kind of redundant, but it's not in a very threatening way. They don't want to shoot Inverna. Nobody wants to, to hurt anyone. What do you do?
0: Look, there must be some kind of resolution we can come along to here.
1: Casticia speaks up and she says, Our captain here has been reckless. She has been unpredictable. And she's going to... Maybe literally, but definitely figuratively sink this operation
0: Stanzentar can be a bit eccentric, yes, but she's got the heart of a good captain, and I know you've just hit some bad times recently, and you're you're only you're only saying you... that cause you just fucked her. Watch yourself. <laughs>
1: You see old Monkey Joe puts his... He puts his wrench back in his belt, and he says, Sorry.
0: (laughs) You've hit some hard times recently. The seas have been rough. You have a small, smaller ship. It makes sense for you to not take as many good jobs. However, I guarantee... I guarantee on my honor and my name that once we put a stop to this Talos cult... The seas will calm down. And I know for a fact, because we were talking about it last night, that the rough seas, when they calm down, Stanzintar will be wanting to take more lucrative operations. And I kind of give her a a quick wink.
1: Go ahead and roll me persuasion. Persuasion?
0: Please be
1: 14 Kastisha spits on the ground she says nothing's changing my mind Bradley but I appreciate the sentiment everything you're saying might be true this ship will do better with me as captain and if you the, betray the your other... old
0: captain what's to stop the rest from betraying you
1: one of the bandits shouts out, one of the mutineers, I should say, and
0: he says, Well, we believe in Kastisha. She's done good by us. And you used to believe in Stanzentar. What happens when Kastisha doesn't meet your expectations? Well, I never really believed in Stanzentar that much. She's kind of always been an alcoholic. Aren't the rest of you? You are all passing around rum very readily. I had at least ten bottles in my hand last night.
1: You you see old Crocodile Rocky say,
0: Ray, when have we all love the
1: ram! And then someone kind of smacks him on the back of the head and he says, Oh, sorry, it's a mutiny. Uh, another guy speaks up. None of that has gotten in the way of us making coin, but stands in tar. Well, she's got a bad reputation with the merchants in Waterdeep. And it never win her. They don't want to hire her. She's too unpredictable. People know Kustisha to be a good leader.
0: Anything started in betrayal will never last.
1: Roll me one more persuasion check.
0: Please be high. Son of a bitch! It's a ten.
1: Two mutineers pull out their swords. They point them at you one guy says, just don't move. It'll all be over quick. Kostisha kind of pushes into Stanzantar's back. And they begin walking down the steps
0: okay, to the main deck. Okay, then I, last, last ditch effort, I'm going to roll, I'm going to intimidate them, try to. My hand lights up with a ball of fire, and I say, You cast her off the ship, and I burn it to the sea! We all go up in smoke and cinders!
1: Ooh, roll me intimidation. Lower DC have not given you advantage, though. It's okay, it's a 24. Ooh! You hear it before you see it. One of the swords clatters to the deck, and then the other guy drops his sword... And the two that are pointing their crossbows at Inverna just put them on their back. And Kostitia says, Damn you. Cowards. The lot of you. You're going to be intimidated by him? And you hear Crocodile Rocky says, He killed a dragon, you know. He did kill a dragon. It's just a point I feel like I'm obligated to make. (laughs) And then you hear another it's a mutiny, but now it's failing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the guy that was talking to you says, Well, uh... His voice has been everywhere, but... I don't know. Um, he's, he's making a good point, Kestisha. Maybe we just back down. She kind of... shakes her head. says, Well, I, I didn't want any blood to be shed. So she lowers her dagger from... Stanzantar's neck. Stanzantar immediately spins around with some incredible cat-like agility, slams a clawed paw into Kastisha's throat, rips out her throat, lets her fall to the ground, and she says, Right. The rest of you stood down when logic was forcefully presented to you. Let this be a warning to the people that think that I am going to be thrown off of my own ship. Then she points out, Crocodile Rocky, clean up this mess. And all the other people just go right back to their duties. Well, the one guy whispers to you, Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they, just, they just go on about their merry way.
0: Well, um right uh onward then i guess (laughs) definitely i'm very visibly sweating right now
1: (laughs) and verna walks over to you and she pats you on the shoulder and she says you did good bradley holy shit though you might want to be careful with that one is all i'm saying
0: yeah no um yeah for for certain for certain um how was your night how was how was sleeping down in the the galley
1: she says i don't don't think i had as good of a night as you and she kind of burps i'm feeling a little uh queasy on the on the seas i gotta stay above deck or it gets kind of bad
0: makes sense i i don't rightfully have sea legs either yet so wow a mutiny huh crazy stuff
1: (laughs) yeah i mean we can say we survived our first mutiny that's kind of fun
0: Hey, let's make sure we never turn on the other, right? <laughs> and I kinda slap her on the shoulder.
1: And Verna nods and she says, Absolutely, yeah, that was that was no fun at all.
0: You know, I've survived my first mutiny, I guess you would call it. When when Quinn betrayed me.
1: Uh, I think you'd need to look up the definition of mutiny. I feel like that's just a backstab. It's not the same thing.
0: I mean it's I mean, the only difference is that Instead of just one person turning against you, it was a whole bunch of them.
1: She kind of does her hands side to side. Maybe. You hear people hoisting the anchor, and the winds are against you, but the ship is slowly going. Starts moving up again, and a couple of hours pass. Do you want to? Do you want to speak to Stanzintar? Do you want to speak to anyone?
0: I'll go to Stanzantari, yeah. She I'll... is
1: at the helm of the ship.
0: I apologize for threatening to burn down your ship. But I didn't she... see any other way out of the situation.
1: She shakes her head and she says, Bradley, you saved me from being thrown overboard. And she kind of puts her paw under your chin and goes in to kiss you do you yeah, I'll, I'll
0: I'll accept it.
1: Yeah, she pulls back and she says if it were not for you, I would no longer be captain. And she kind of pulls a hat that looks seems to be kind of cinched on her waist. She was wearing it when she first came aboard or first came up to onto the dock in Yeah. Yeah. She puts it back on her head and she says I have learned a valuable lesson. I need to take the grumblings of my crew seriously. I will have to avoid the catnip, as you say, and hopefully get us more lucrative deals. But I have a good feeling that helping you in this will help me in that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'll definitely, you know, if I have a word to throw around, I'll throw it around for you.
1: She nods at that her uh, her tail kind of whips around to her left, kind of strokes you on the back, but she keeps her, her hands on the helm and continues steering the ship. Another hour passes. It's about midday, and someone from the crow's nest shouts that there's another ship headed your way. And you hear someone call out, It's the Uneasy Alliance! And... Stands in our Simpson nod at that if you're standing near her. She says, Nothing to worry about, Bradley. This is uh, a ship we've encountered before. Most likely, their captain will want us to make anchor, though, and share news. It is a tradition with this ship, and, and other ships as well. Sometimes it's good to have friends on the seas.
0: Okay. Sure. I mean, if as long as it doesn't cut too long into our uh, mission, time is a little bit of the f- essence.
1: Yes, yes. I, if if I could pass them without stopping, I would, but this is not an option. I completely Captain... understand. Good, good, good. Uh, do not ask about her hook, just so you know. I nod. The, the uneasy alliance nears the dancing delight. And it is twice the size of your ship. You also notice the ship you're on has a ballista on each side, or a ballista. Never know how to say that shit. This ship has legit cannons along its starboard and port sides. I love that. Each ship anchors. A bridge is thrown from one side to the other. And you see a woman who looks like a motherfucking captain walking aboard. Like, when you saw Stans and Tar, you were like, oh, you look like a, a drunken sailor. This lady looks like a captain. So it's she... like,
0: in, in your own terms, it's like the difference between Jack Sparrow and Barbosa.
1: Very, very much, yes. Her hat is bigger, similar to Barbosa's. <laughs> Nice big feather. Also, she's just got the whole regalia on. You see there's a flintlock pistol on her hip. You see that her left hand is a hook. You see she walks with a certain bravado that maybe stands into our lacks. She comes aboard. She takes her hat off. You see a bald, tan head of a human woman with tattoos running down it. And the two people that walk with her, her kind of escort, also covered in tattoos. And Captain's...
0: Do I recognize
1: Ca- any of the tattoos? Uh, nothing looks cultist in any way. They're all okay. nautical, similar to what Bax had going on, but you do not see any lightning bolts, you don't see any skulls of Miracle. Yeah, it, it looks all kosher from what you can tell. Captain Starling Winchett introduces herself and says... Aye, it's good to meet you. And she's looking right at you.
0: I give a little, uh, bow. Bradley Copper, at your service.
1: Yes, I know the name. It be, hmm, something I heard telltale of once in a blue moon about some... What'd they call it? Reavers of some type... We're given some trouble to the port over in Neverwinter. I, I think I might have had a run-in with one of your targets, I suppose. Uh, a lairbule finaster. I, I gave him an old ass-kicking back in the day. But learning that he had been killed was great news indeed.
0: Yes, he was a right bastard, and he died the death of a right bastard.
1: Stanzantar says How is your crew, Captain Winchet? Is everyone doing all right? I see you do not have your normal bodyguard near you, and Captain Winchett says, I I lost Sally Salt some time ago. But she were good to me. She's living a life on the mainland now, as far as I know. But yeah, Now I've got old Biffy here. Biffy. (laughs) Biffy kind of flexes his muscles and he says, Biffy.
0: (laughs) Who's that Pokemon? It's Biffy. (laughs) It's Biffy.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Captain Winchette appears to have something on her mind. And she says, I've been warning every ship I passed. There stands in Tar. Something's gone on. Something foul is on the sea. It's a ship. The wind seems to move with it, no matter which way it goes, and it cuts the waves in an ungodly nature. Rage fills her sails, and the dead crew her vessel. It's a ghost ship, I'm sure of it. You'll see hazy smog like smoke from a cannon, and you'll hear low moans that carry across the water. Stanzantar says, Have you... Personally, seen this ship, how did you survive such an encounter? Captain Winchette shakes her head. Nah, I haven't seen it, actually, but this is what the people are telling in the tales, so I feel like I need to tell you as well. Stands into our nods at that and says, Right, we will keep our eyes out for this ghost ship. Thank you for warning us. We are actually headed to the Thunder Cliffs right now. And Captain Winchette's eyes light up. And she says, Nah, wouldn't be going near if I were you. And the crew kind of all side-eye each other. She says, Let us be a warning to you. Last we passed, looked like there were many a shipwreck. It's no safe coven like it used to be. Be careful on the waters, stands Intar. Stanzantar nods, says, of course, we are always careful. And Captain Winchette laughs, (laughs) ha ha ha, no you're not, but (laughs) here, have some of this. And she pulls out a pipe, and she pulls out, and she passes it to Stanzantar, she pulls out a bottle of rum, and she passes it to you, and she says, a drink and a smoke before we get back on our way stands into our lights it
0: yeah i'll take she, a swill
1: uh she passes the pipe to you first
0: okay i'll hit i'll hit it
1: all right it it uh it tastes like tobacco
0: okay well which, i which I've, brad, I've rolled a couple bradzy. of ziggies every you know when i was younger so.
1: Well, I think I think your very first episode is Bradley Copper. He was smoking a pipe.
0: Oh, was he? I think I so. a pipe?
1: You may. That I passed just around. have not used? <laughs> then Biffy hands out little metal cups to everyone and says, Biffy, Biffy, Biffy. <laughs> each time he passes out a cup. Captain Winchette pours around for everyone and she says, To new friends, Bradley Copper, but also to whatever it is that be on your mind. You name the toast.
0: To madness.
1: (laughs) She nods at that. You all drink. This crew goes about its merry way. But now it seems to be nighttime. The crew is open to continuing moving, but it's a skeleton crew. Well, Stands and skeletons? tar <laughs> Stands and tar says, I'm going to return to my cabin. Bradley, I would encourage you to sleep without me tonight.
0: Okay. That's totally, perfectly fine.
1: She kind of purrs and says it's nothing against you but i want to see if i can get to know your friend a little better
0: okay that's you know i think i hear someone calling me i'm gonna go uh just i'll be on my merry way have a good night captain
1: as you walk along the deck you see the uneasy alliance sailing off in the distance And they're moving so much faster than you. You are just going at a snail's pace with this (laughs) wind. It's buffeting you. You're not getting rained on, but the spray of the sea is hitting you in the face. What would you like to do?
0: If I do have a pipe, which I'm assuming I do if you say I did. I think you do. I'm just going to light it, and I'm going to stand there looking out at the sea specifically the moon and like like any reflections and just try not to think about Inverna totally getting down and dirty with the person i just got down and dirty with because bradley does have attachment issues considering he's only been with two people at this point in time
1: you look out at the sea and at the moon and you hear footsteps approaching you. And you turn to see Inverna in just normal clothes. And she says, um, You got that flask on you that your granddaddy gave to you?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Why? What's up?
1: Mind if I have a swig?
0: Don't mind at all. Um, I did... Uh, I have, you know drank all of the alcohol that's been in it and there is only water at this point.
1: She squints and she says, What? What happened to the whole you just drink a little you drink just a tiny drink every once in a while and
0: Oh, you know, that's a it's a story. You know, I'm nothing if not a storyteller. I yeah, no, when he gave it to me, I I drank it dry, and here we are.
1: She nods, and she takes a swig of water, passes it back to you, and she says, uh...
0: I haven't really found rant. anything else to fill it up with yet. There hasn't been any liquor There's good enough
1: plenty, to... Me. plenty of rum downstairs.
0: Yeah, but that's just pirate grog. I need... <laughs> I need something that'll put hair on my chest, much like how my grandfather's whiskey did.
1: She nods. She says, uh, I figured I'd tell you, your old captain pal just propositioned me.
0: Oh, I I know. She already talked to me about it.
1: Yeah, I I declined her. Oh, why's that? Uh, she kind of squints and she says, um, I guess, uh... I mean, I hadn't gotten laid in a while. We talked about that. Yeah, no. would have been would would have been fun. Would have been nice, but I was worried. I will it might... say
0: her tongue is a little rough. So
1: she squints. She says, "Thanks, thanks for telling me that." Um, I I was worried it it might hurt you if I were to be with her. No, so
0: I... no, no. I mean, I. It feels a little weird because. I I know I've opened up to you about how I don't have as much experience as I might lead others to believe. And of course, there's some weird feelings that come along with um, that kind of thing, you know, intercourse and whatnot. But we're adults, you know, and this is just how the world works. There are casual hookups. There are meaningful hookups. There are Meaningless hookups, which I guess goes into casual, but it it would not matter to me. I would think no Are different. Are you telling the view. truth? I'm telling the truth.
1: Okay. She nods and she says, "All right. Well, I think it's too late. I think I think old Crocodile Rocky's up there now. So." Not Crocodile I might... Rocky. <laughs> I might, I might have missed my chance, but thanks, buddy. I'll keep it in in mind for next time.
0: Yeah, no problem, Inverna.
1: She tips her hat to you and she says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the hay."
0: I think I'm gonna stay up for a little bit longer. Now, now, do you wanna, do you wanna hit on my pipe? This is a very, this is a special tobacco. Um, it was, um, I found it in my father's, uh, wine cellar when I was about 13 and I've kept it ever since. Um, I don't have much more left, but I-, I, I assume I'll find the brand somewhere.
1: She shakes her head and she says, try to stay away from it. lung capacity and all. Uh, I've noticed the last two times we've been in a marathon kind of run. You've been wheezing, so maybe you should lay off of it too, big guy
0: fuck off. I'm going to take another hit. i <laughs> puff another puff.
1: She goes to sleep. You stay awake. You ponder the meaning of the universe, I suppose. I don't know what the fuck you're thinking about.
0: Yeah. Basically just pondering everything that's going on, you know, questioning my adventuring. Because, um, you know, before this I could have just gotten into the into the family business either with the post in Neverwinter. I could have, you know, my uncle offered me to come help him in his vineyard um down in Waterdeep. But just thinking about my life now and the life I could have led had I stayed just a regular decent person. And once I'm done with my existentialism, I'm going to go find a nice little uh, hammock or hay pile or something to sleep on.
1: You find a hammock. The crew seem to respect you if you can tell some people are intimidated by you. For sure. But you get a good night's rest. In the morning, you wake up to the sound of the crew moving about. You come outside. You see the sun rising through clouds. Uh, Obviously the sun is not over the sea. It would be setting over the sea. So you can see it. You know, it looks rather clear off to the east. Then you look to the west. The skies darken and a thick mist rises from the water.
0: Son of a bitch.
1: Obscuring sight around the ship. The crew swears and makes superstitious signs. Crocodile Rocky says, It's that damn ghost ship they were talking about.
0: Oh, Lord, luckily I had one good night left in me.
1: Then, from the crow's nest, a voice screams, ghost ship ahead. It's a ghost ship. Before the words can even register, spectral figures emerge from the mist swooping up onto the decks. Go ahead and roll me initiative, Bradley.
0: Twelve. <laughs> I wish we had the rights to that music
1: Don't we All wish that Let's see you said 12 Yes Okay you see two glowing purple kind of specters fly up onto the deck of the ship and then you see a much more intimidating figure it looks like a shadow with a face in it kind of waving from side to side it's about twice as big i mean it imagine if they had had the budget to make the shadow demon from game of thrones actually look fucking crazy that's what this thing is it's the other two look like kind of spirits but you see this one giant shadow thing
0: i wish for once we could just interact with the undead you know, not have to fight them immediately. Have a conversation, you know.
1: What's your max HP?
0: 66. Okay.
1: You feel a bit of spray hit your face. Wind kind of rushes uh, along your cheek as Stanzantar has just sprinted past you. She has a scimitar in one hand, and then her claws are out in the other hand. She swings at one of these specters.
0: Can I see their boat? You can. It, Does it it's look got... flammable?
1: Hard to say. It looks wet, for sure.
0: Does it look like the living could captain it.
1: Perhaps. But it also looks like there are a lot more undead along it kind of watching this happen. Looks like a much bigger fight on the deck of that ship. You also see, it doesn't look like it is made of wood. It looks like it's made of muscle, tendon, bone.
0: Oh, we love a good meat ship.
1: The bow of the ship has what look like giant shark teeth running along it to kind of make a mouth the mast looks like it's made out of the femur of like a giant and you also see embedded into the muscle there are many a skull all look to be in a kind of screaming position
0: Dude, that's fucking. That's a metal ass ship right there. Holy fuck! That's
1: a, a metal ass ship.
0: The meat ship.
1: <laughs> While you're enjoying the meat ship.
0: Oh god, if I stands in would, would it cook?
1: Maybe. Stands in just dealt sixteen. No, sorry, six damage. Oh. To to this spectre. It returns the favor by attacking her, and it misses. You see it tries to cling to her face. Another one flies straight towards what looks to be just a sailor. Grabs him by the face, and you kind of (laughs) hear, as he is just fucking Decimated. His life force is pulled from his face, and he lets out this this otherworldly scream. It it sounds like something coming from a different dimension. As this specter just <sighs> breathes in his life force, and this dude falls to the ground dead. Fucking black, kind of ichors like coming out of his nose and his mouth and his eyes, and he's pale. He's gaunt. Looks like he got
0: fucked up. Jesus Christ. Hey, here's a question. If... So I'm wearing gauntlets that are magical, right? If I uh-huh. attack with them, would that count as a magical attack?
1: Uh, Sure, but you're still only going to be doing your unarmed damage.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm going to, but... Yeah. In the event.
1: I could see that, absolutely. Okay, you see this shadowy creature then kind of expand its chest and it lets out a scream that I I could not begin to imitate because what it sounds like is it screams and all at once it sounds like a thousand children laughing and crying. It is maddening. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw.
0: I got a 21.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Inverna got a 14. Meanwhile, the rest of the crew seems to fail. You take half damage... You take four points of psychic damage as you hear this.
0: Minor headache. Goes away in a second.
1: Inverna takes the same amount of damage. Stans and Tar and the rest of the crew each take eight damage. They fall to the ground and they're all just cupping their ears, grasping them, and they seem to be stunned. seems like this fight is now 3v2, and it is your turn.
0: My turn, eh? How far from me is this shadowy specter?
1: I'm going to say 15 feet, and the other guys are 30 feet, so 15 behind
0: him. I need this specter to make me an intelligence saving throw.
1: Wait, the specters are the small guys?
0: The, I need this shadowy guy to make me an intelligence saving throw.
1: That is a nine.
0: He fails. Assuming he doesn't take half damage from it, he's going to take 24 psychic damage as a lance of psychic energy protrudes from my forehead and launches into his face.
1: You see Shadow rips from this kind of black skull in his head, and it does not return, and you can kind of see you have absolutely damaged him.
0: And as a bonus action. God, how do. What do I say to inspire. Inverna? It's Inverna. Up to you. You're the toughest bitch I know. Let's take this down together.
1: And you're giving her inspiration? Yep. Okay. She. Is going to kind of make a semicircle and head for this untouched specter. She says, "I'll take care of the little ones." <laughs> I'm not that they're little. I mean, they're yeah still medium-sized creatures.
0: They're they're man-sized.
1: She swings and hits twice, dealing. 16 points of damage she rips into the back of this untouched one and it looks like it is fucked up she hit it bad that's both of her attacks she's got nothing else she can do right now stands and tar is stunned this other specter's turn this one flies towards you bradley it's got the movement for it. And does a 7 hit you?
0: 7 does not hit me.
1: It goes to try and grab your face. You duck, and it just flies behind you. This other one attacks Inverna. Natural 18. Inverna takes 11 points of necrotic damage. Mm and she has to make a constitution saving throw or or her hp max is going to be reduced by that much
0: until long rest. Right? A long rest. Okay. Yeah.
1: She succeeds on her save.
0: Cool. Good. So <laughs> she
1: is she is eyed. Then this shadowy creature kind of whips its head backwards tor- toward Inverna, looks back at you. And I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw.
0: Would I be charmed for this?
1: No, this is not a charm. Damn,
0: okay. Well, I got a 20.
1: Okay, you were fine. However, Inverna turns towards you. And with disadvantage, she throws her long sword at you. And it's still with disadvantage, it's twenty-one.
0: God damn it, Inverna.
1: You take ten points of damage as this sword just flies across the deck and just stabs right into your fucking shin.
0: Into my shin?
1: Into your shin. And ah. now she is without now she's without weapon. It is your turn. You have a specter behind you, this allop in front of you. What would you like to do? You, Sorry, also, you do hear the specter behind you kind of whisper. And it says... You might want to take notes, buddy. The bronze points the way to the green.
0: A green. Thank you, kind specter. Hmm. How far from me is this? Is the black thing? Fifteen feet. And Inverna is still attacking me.
1: Uh, she seems to have snapped out of it. Oh, she kind of well, she kind of shakes her head and, and she says, S- "Sorry, Bradley."
0: Then, oh, that's fine. Then I'm gonna take. Then I'm gonna cast a uh, Thunderwave, and the okay. specter. And the uh, big guy need to make a constitution saving throw.
1: Okay. And I'm casting this
0: as a third level spell.
1: Spectre rolls a 12. Fails. Big guy rolls a 19.
0: Succeeds. So, the spectre is going to take 16 points of damage and get pushed 10 feet away from me. The How big does it guy look when gonna... a
1: specter is blasted to death by thunder?
0: It's just going to, and then the sound wave just poofs it, and then the big guy is going to take eight points of damage.
1: All right. He's still standing.
0: And then, as a... actually, no, I don't. I don't. She still has my uh, whatever it's called. So,
1: In- inspo. Yeah. Yeah. Inverna is going to, God, she's going to disengage. I mean, longbow is only going to do half damage, so she disengages and she runs to grab the sword. And now you two are standing next. Still sticking in my leg. Yeah, she kind of slides it out. Ooh, sorry. (laughs) You hear it? A little squirt of blood. But you two are standing next to each other. Good to go. This specter flies towards you, Bradley. Hmm. Does a five hit you?
0: Five does not hit me.
1: You once again duck, and it kind of just swirls around your head. And now big boy is moving towards you. Does an 18 hit you?
0: An 18 does hit.
1: You take 19 points of psychic damage. As he grabs onto your face, and you hear the voice of who's going to hurt the most.
0: What hurts the most is being so close.
1: You hear the voice so to say. of Elsa saying... I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I need to serve me a call and feast upon your corpse. And then there's just a shattering sting in the back of your head as you take that psychic damage. <coughs> it is your turn.
0: Hmm.
1: You can You can hear this specter kind of whisper... And he says the ebb and Death rises but cannot fly.
0: Sorry, can you say that one more time?
1: The Ebon Death rises but cannot fly.
0: Interesting. I Since he just shattered my mind i think i'm gonna shatter him and uh in a in a way that is within 10 feet of this black thing but Mm -hmm. not hitting anyone else or anyone Mm -hmm. who i'm friends with i'm gonna cast shatter
1: what kind of save
0: it's a constitution and i'm casting this as a third level spell
1: that is a five
0: it fails and it's going to take 21 points of thunder damage.
1: How do you kill
0: this thing? It does that Elsa thing, and then it says... Whatever the Ebon thing...
1: No, that's the other guy
0: that oh, said Oh, that's that. the other guy. Okay. So it does that Elsa thing to me. And I go, no. No, that's not true! That could never happen to her! Shut up! And as I say shut up, my voice just... And it... Poofs and evaporates.
1: Fuck yeah. Inverna swings her sword through the kind of smoke that is, like, fading out from that thing's death. She hits... And hits, and decapitates this specter. And as her blade rakes across its incorporeal throat, you hear, We know of the ruined stone. And then, poof, it's gone. Did you get a chance to write all those down, buddy?
0: I did. Also, this is the ship that I saw in my vision. How'd you figure that out? I just thought about it. Is the ghost ship still there?
1: As combat fades, you see it is starting to pass by.
0: Cowards. The lot of them.
1: Inverna. Slides her sword back into the scabbard, spits on the ground and says, Yep, sounds about right. They're heading south, you know.
0: Do you think we'll run into them again?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd bet the farm on that, Bradley.
0: Then so be it. Let's hope that that was the worst that they could throw at us. Besides numbers, let's check and make sure everybody else is okay.
1: You kind of walk around the crew. Seems like everybody, but Jonglon Vilsers made it. He got his fucking soul sucked out of his face and he's dead. And the crew are willing to sacrifice a dinghy. They put him in and they send him off to sea stands into our speaks and she says Jonglon <laughs> died <laughs> protect, <laughs> protecting us or doing his best to I don't know if he was really trying to fight but he was just the unlucky one <laughs> <laughs> but the seas are chaos and so are we and then the ship and the crew kind of I'll yell out, and so are we! And And so are we! (laughs) Crocodile Rocky says, No, you're supposed to say it at the same time as us. (laughs) (laughs) You continue on. Another night down. So
0: we get a long rest?
1: You get a long rest.
0: Thank fucking God
1: the night is uneventful other than the fact that Stanz and says, we should be at the cliffs tomorrow. I would encourage you to get a good night's rest. She kinda paws her hand down your chest and then grabs a hold of your crotch and says, you can dream of me but it would be unwise for us to spend the night together before such a treacherous journey.
0: I'm gonna brush her little head, I guess over her ear or whatever, and I'm gonna say, I will dream of you.
1: You and Inverna each find a, a nice hammock. Inverna, you see is kind of haggling with with one guy and uh, Seems to have snagged a bottle of rum, and she says, "I'm gonna keep this one for just the just the two of us on the return journey."
0: I hope there is one in Venna. <laughs> I hope there is one.
1: She nods and she says, "Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm trying to convince myself that there will be one." Hey, uh, I guess I'll say it now then. Bradley, if if we don't make it, you're the best friend I ever had.
0: And you're mine as well, Invena.
1: She reaches out, grabs your hand, you grab hers, she squeezes it. To you fall asleep. In the morning, it's Darker, cloudier, rainier than it has been. But you notice that the ship is anchored when you wake up. You look out, and the cliffs that you have been seeing to and fro, sometimes you're. it looks like you're a mile away from the cliffs, other times it looks like you're about 500 feet, so you keep kind of ebbing and flowing towards these cliffs. Now you see you are once again... A mile from them. But you can see their sheer stature. And off to the north you can see the outline of Neverwinter. You're incredibly close to home. Which makes you a little bit. Weary. Of, of all that's gone on. Uh, apparently down here. Whatever. Nefarious activity might be going on. It's too close to home. Quite literally. You also see the waves are nasty towards the cliff and you can see a mast of a ship sticking out of the water and you can see the water is littered with wood with the you know scraps of sails there have been a lot of motherfucking shipwrecks around this these thunder cliffs Tar kind of points and she says As you can see, this is not good. These rough waters. We are going to have to take a dinghy, but I I will not let you navigate that alone. She calls for the crew to gather up. There once were 30 crew, there's now 28. She says, Everyone, I know a few days ago there was some commotion. There was some doubt put into me. I know that not all of you believe in me as a leader, but I am going to show you that I am a good leader. I am going to prove my merits to you now. I will take Bradley and Inverna to the shores of the Thundercliff. Myself, I will not ask anyone else to do this. While I am away, Jiffy Lube Sue is in charge. Jiffy Lube Sue kind of spits and says, yep, good on me.
0: (laughs) I just want to spend more time on this ship, damn.
1: (laughs) It is clear we cannot get any closer, but you need to Stay here until we return. If we have not returned within five days, leave us, for we are dead. But we will all three come back to you. You can count on this. Crocodile Rocky says, All right, we'll start a betting, Pooh. <laughs> Bradley, are you prepared?
0: Yes. But may I talk to you, um, privately?
1: She pulls you to the side and says, "What is it?"
0: You don't have to come with us. I mean, you did just regain the confidence of your crew. Inverna and I have rowed boats before. We could make it.
1: She shakes her head and she says,
0: "I don't want you to risk your life for me. You're getting she paid." Says, and- I- I will... Enjoy the money.
1: I will risk it within a certain degree. You expect to go into the caves, no? That is probably where these nasties are hiding. Well, I shall not venture into them with you. Once we make it to the beach, I shall stay with the boat. Protect it. Make sure you have a way to get back to the ship.
0: All right. All right, I don't... Don't like it, but if you insist.
1: She nods and she says, I need to earn the respect of my crew back. This will show them that I am not some foolhardy captain. Damn, but that she's I am.
0: Gonna die, isn't she?
1: But I am brave, I am strong, and I am trustworthy. Let us go. You, and Verna and Stans and Tar get into this boat. You're lowered by the crew. She has two oars. She's maneuvering the boat by herself. She is incredibly strong. You can see her, her muscles rippling beneath her fur as the, the boat begins to move. I
0: feel like I've experienced her muscles. Plus, I did also see her literally tear someone's throat out.
1: I don't yep, think so you know. I don't
0: think watching her row a boat is gonna be gonna be the point where I'm like, oh damn, she's strong.
1: That's true. It's true. As she's rowing, she says to the two of you, "You know, the three of us could have had a very good time together, and perhaps we will when we get back to the ship." And Verna kind of, <laughs> um, no, no, thank you. Listen, you're very attractive and all. Uh, Bradley's like my brother, and I don't like dick. So it's just not... I, I don't even want to be around it. You know, sometimes I hug him, and I feel just a little bump against my leg. Uh, not because he's hard or nothing, cause, but just, you know, he's just he's probably well hung. But it, wh- whatever it is, I just do not like men. They are gross. When I see, like, a man's, like, sweaty, bare, furry chest... Nothing against your furry chest, of course. Yours is different. I just... I hate it. I hate it. I, I would not want to be around a naked man... More than, say, a second if I was passing by in a bathhouse. You know what I mean? And Stan just kind of looks at you like, I guess she is not open to these.
0: I'm just going to sit there, kind (laughs) of looking down at my thumbs, just pretending I don't hear any of it.
1: She rose you with incredible strength towards these cliffs. And she kind of points out and she says, these rocks, these reefs, they are all new. This is not something I'm used to. And you see she is quickly having to dodge rocks and dodge reefs that look like blades that kind of just shot out of the water. Like they do not look natural by any means. The wind is whipping now. The rain is just pelting you. Thunder booms overhead. Lightning is illuminating an otherwise incredibly dark scene. And you're feeling the... Fucking
0: Talos!
1: You're feeling the rowboat rock back and forth. And then you feel something... Hit it. From beneath. And it kind of gives. And Verna clutches her sword. What the fuck was that? And you see Stanzantar is just rowing as quickly as she can. She says, whatever it is, we do not want to meet it. I promise you that. She's still trying to dodge these How far rocks. are we from the shore? You are, I'm going to say, a thousand feet.
0: Mm, okay.
1: She is going to make a strength check. Which she fails. A wave kind of clutches to the side of the boat and then kind of pulls it, almost as if like a water hand, not that this is a water elemental, but just this is just more personification, just kind of thrashes the boat into a rock. The boat, which has 50 HP, takes... 12 points of damage as it just cracks into this rock. But then instead of feeling yourself give back to the ocean to kind of seep back into the sea where it would just kind of slide down this rock, there is a big jolt. There is a big motion that you were not expecting. You realize the boat is being lifted into the air. You see a claw has pinched the boat and is beginning to lift it, and there is a giant crab emerging from the water. And you realize you might be fucked. Modular is Thor and George as Bradley Copper and Luke Job as our DM. The story you heard today as well as ninety nine percent of the characters were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module Stormlord's Wrath. Holly Lines is our fantastic editor. Bethany Gray is our gorgeous cover art. Devin Clark is our talented webmaster. Our music today was written and performed by Max Headman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music and you can find his website in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Mod the Pod. Join our private Facebook group, the Modular Podcast. Follow Fan Club. Uh, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Modular Podcast fan club, and subscribe to YouTube at the Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout out to at nah mo underscore play d and d at minva themes at d scaramaguscus at adventurous roll at Tallian k and at stories2d4 All of these accounts follow us on Twitter. That is right. Twit, 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 Twitter. And if you want to shout out just like them in this weird voice that I'm doing, well, then you should follow us on Twitter, too. Now, believe me, these are pages you want to follow, too. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Just kidding. I'm feeling crazy. You should go follow them, especially Stories2D4. Not to, you know, make these other guys feel kind of sad, but Stories2D4 is one of the best streams I've been watching as of late. Uh, Very cool guys and gals on that show, and I think you would enjoy it greatly, but don't enjoy it more than you enjoy your own life so there's that thank you so much for liking the show for commenting for subscribing for youtubing for beep booping for flip-flopping and zip-zopping new episodes come out every tuesday and until then thank you for listening to modular